0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to share some stories or case studies, if you like, and the hope is that these stories uh, succinctly articulate why using or taking a holistic approach towards building wealth uh, generates lots of value. Uh, And really, when we think about it, a lot of financial decisions include several interrelated considerations and consequences. So for example, when you're contemplating doing X or Y, you know, often there's financial planning implications, cash flow, taxation, uh, borrowing or borrowing capacity, and so on and so forth. So taking a holistic approach makes sure that you optimize all those factors so that no opportunities get missed uh, and no risks slip between the gaps. Now, what I don't want to do is uh, for this podcast to come across like a a sales spiel or anything like that. In fact, I'm always very careful not to, you know, talk about uh, my business or try and sell our services uh, during this podcast, as any listener that's listened to a few episodes uh, can attest to. The only reason I want to tell these stories is I think they resonate and they give some real life. Uh, examples of how taking a holistic approach has generated a lot of value. I mean, you can talk in generalities or in principles, but until you really share stories, uh, sometimes the penny doesn't always drop. So, I-, I picked out six client stories to share with you today. Of course, we're not going to include any you know financial information or identifying details to protect our clients' confidentiality. But I hope uh, you know you'll have a think about some of these stories and see if they resonate with you. And if they do, you know, really start thinking about adopting a holistic approach yourself. So what is a holistic approach? Before I get into the stories, let's talk about that. Uh, traditionally, financial services has been very siloed. You know, uh, if you have a tax question, you go and ask your accountant. If you've got a mortgage structuring question, you ask your mortgage broker or banker. Well, hopefully you don't ask your banker for too much advice, uh, uh, unless you get a, you've get you got a really experienced banker, but there there aren't many of them. Uh, left in the banking network anymore. Uh, but if you have a super question, you ask your financial advisor and you kind of get my point. Um, and the problem is that as professionals tend to silo themselves. You know, that if you go and ask your accountant a, a super question, oh, sorry, that's not my area of expertise. I can't answer it, which is fine, which is the correct answer if they don't have the expertise or license to be able to answer it. But the the point is that it tends to be quite siloed. Now, if we all understand that many issues, not all, but many issues uh, are interrelated, then the problem is that uh, you're going to miss opportunities and miss risks, uh, that is, not deal with all those risks. So what seems like a really basic mortgage question, for example, uh, could have significant taxation or even financial planning consequences, which, of course, you cannot, cannot expect your mortgage broker uh, to have the necessarily knowledge and experience to address, But if it doesn't get addressed, you don't know what you don't know and things get missed. So a holistic approach really recognises that financial decisions, many financial decisions in fact, require a multidisciplinary approach. Okay, that's the theory. Let's talk about how it plays out in practice. And to do that, let me share six client stories. So the first one's really about integrating a business plan. Uh, with a personal financial plan. So this client uh, recently started a professional services business, was kind of one to two years into it when he first approached us, uh, and he was achieving some excellent results, which was fantastic, um, but then created some tax planning opportunities or challenges, uh, as well as working out, okay, what do I do with this cash flow and how do I really build wealth to secure my family's future? So he was able to articulate what his business plan looked like, uh, in terms of uh, from a financial perspective, but also from a, uh, a risk perspective and a growth perspective. And doing that gave rise to three beneficial outcomes. The first one is that we could consider his business income structure and make sure it had the flexibility to deal with the, the growth that he was expected to go through uh, and then deal with the increasing taxation liabilities as a result of generating more profit. Uh, secondly, we developed a long-term strategy, which really addressed then how to distribute that uh, profit, current and future profit, so that he was able to achieve his business and personal goals, which included uh, upgrading the family home. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, we developed a financing strategy uh, that was um, coherent with the rest of the tax and wealth building strategies to ensure that his plans could be implemented so that we were going to be able to present a really strong case to the bank to allow him to borrow money and really leverage that higher income. So this sort of integrated approach, if you like, helped him optimise, you know, tax, helped him build wealth, make sure that didn't come at a cost of uh, compromising borrowing capacity. And it's a good example of how a client going through a substantial change, you know, firstly starting his own business and then uh, enjoying a lot of success can create a lot of opportunities, but a lot of those opportunities are interrelated. Okay, the second one, uh, which is second example that I want to share with you, which is, I guess, a little bit similar to the first one, uh, is where we um, try to help clients do both safe tax and whilst also maximising your borrowing capacity. Look, sometimes you can't do it perfectly well, and you've got to find a balance in between those two priorities, Uh, but it's really about optimising both. Uh, And you'd rather pay a little bit of extra tax to get a lot of extra borrowing capacity, because sometimes being too blind or too focused, I should say, on, uh, on taxation outcomes... Uh, can you know you cut your nose off despite your face so you know it's great you save a bit of tax but if you can't actually uh, put your income and assets to work through borrowing capacity uh, then it's really not going to serve your long-term goals now the problem is that accountants don't necessarily recognize that fact uh, and then also they don't necessarily have the information or knowledge on how different lenders will assess uh, different scenarios and how different lenders Uh, attract or I should say actually different clients uh, should be placed with different lenders because they're more suitable and because of the the way that they approach a a credit assessment so um, and and that's not a criticism on accountants they're not mortgage brokers so of course they're not necessarily going to know those uh, or uh, understand those considerations but the reality is that you the client uh, ultimately want to save tax but then don't want to Um, jeopardise being able to implement your other plans. So in this situation where a client needed, in fact, uh, the advice to him was to uh, purchase a a couple of properties included an upgrading home. It required him to take on a substantial amount of debt, uh, which was fine for his circumstances, particularly his income. Uh, And as a result, our accountants work very closely with our mortgage brokers to make sure that we first identified the right lender for him uh, and then uh, made sure that we structured the uh, income to save tax, but also uh, to make sure that it wasn't going to create problems with that particular lender uh, in terms of reducing his borrowing capacity. And really, we were able to, in this situation, uh, really reduce tax as much as possible uh, whilst also preserving his full borrowing capacity. So it's incredibly powerful. And I think when your mortgage broker speaks to your accountant, which is, um, I, mean, I don't see it happen very often unless they're on the same team, of course, uh, but when, when they speak together, that's when you get to optimise outcomes. Okay, the next example was a dentist uh, in Adelaide, in fact, uh, and he approached us initially because he's interested in getting some financial advice Uh, But we identified that there was several matters that needed to be, you know, optimised or fixed, really, uh, before we were really in a position to give him some advice. In addition, he was contemplating uh, uh, building a new family home. Uh, So it was going to give rise to additional debt, but also, you know, needed to make sure they had the borrowing capacity to be able to execute on that. Uh, so we worked with this client initially to um, fix everything up. Uh, so we fixed up his business income structures. Uh, we helped him on the borrowing capacity, mortgage broking side to to make sure he was able to line up uh, sufficient finance to continue with that goal to build his home. Uh, and also um, his insurance was poorly structured and inadequate, particularly given uh, the change in debt, so we wanted to make sure. Well, he wanted to make sure his family was protected, and of course, we were happy to help him do that. Uh, and that took about uh, one to two years, probably close to the two years, uh, to to go through all those processes and and fix everything up. And it wasn't until recently, uh, in the last uh, few weeks, in fact, uh, that we said, "Yes, now you're ready. We can start uh, delivering financial advice uh, and develop a, a long term plan." Uh, so that he can start repaying that non-deductible debt and also make sure that he puts his cash flow to hard work. Uh, so this preparatory work um, from from the whole team really, it it, um, it required a, a number of disciplines to be able to help this client and get him in the position to be able to, so, so I was able to develop a, a long-term plan for him. Uh, it was incredibly important that it was all coordinated that all these things were fixed in the right order and they all sort of talked to each other. So we knew, you know, the insurance advisor knew how much insurance he needed because we know, you know, how much the mortgage broker was getting uh, in terms of additional lending to, to fund the home construction. And the accountant needed to know, you know, what what his income needed to look like in terms of structure and so forth to prove to the bank to get the loan. So, you know, it's it's all interrelated and the team had to work together to really deliver that, that really good outcome And uh, really the the client's now in a a much, much better position now um, where everything's in order and optimised, uh, ready to begin the the new journey of building a long-term strategy. Okay, the next example was uh, working with a young dentist, in fact, uh, that worked in New South Wales. Uh, We met her after she only had a few years of experience and was really just starting out, but earning a really good income and very good at managing cash flow. Uh, so, so didn't spend a, a lot of money, so had a strong surplus investable cash flow. Uh, and we started working with her, initially buying investment property, um, then sorting out super. Then she became a financial planning client after a bit of time. Um, but in the back of her mind was to uh, buy or start her own private practice, her own private dental practice. Uh, so in terms of uh, providing financial advice, we needed to make sure that we had... You know, sufficient borrowing capacity and uh, a strong enough financial position uh, to be able to uh, action that opportunity should it arise. Uh, so, we were um, helping that client with not only taxation advice, um, uh, financial advice, mortgage broking, insurance, so really very much holistically. Uh, lucky enough, she was able to find a great practice to buy into. Uh, when I buy into, she bought 100%. And we were able to complete the due diligence, the financial due diligence around that purchase, uh, structure the business and so forth, uh, structure the the finance for for paying for the acquisition, uh, and really you know provide that holistic advice. Except the the legal work, uh, of course, we needed lawyers in order to do that. Um, but it really was a team approach, not only for that transaction, but really leading into that transaction fully understanding where a client's heading and making sure our advice was going to be uh, congruent with those uh, goals and strategies so that they, she was well-positioned uh, to take advantage of that opportunity when it arose. Uh, and again, I think it shows that that holistic uh, approach really does help a person maximise their opportunities uh, and and particularly avoid making mistakes. You know, one of the problems in that she could have um, uh, had to deal with if she didn't get that advice is maybe she would have over-invested during that time uh, and then she would have found herself in a situation where she might need to then sell assets uh, which is you know it destroys wealth by doing that so uh, making sure you've got a long-term plan and executing on it, and having the discipline of when when in, knowing when to invest and when not to invest uh, I think is is really powerful and really valuable. Okay, the next client example is a retired partner of a global professional services firm. Uh, He approached us uh, just when he uh, started retirement. Uh, He had a number of different assets, uh, property assets outside super, uh, and a lot of cash and shares inside super. And really, uh, we needed to develop a long-term strategy so that he was able to enjoy uh, a retirement that allowed him to spend a a significant amount over the next 10 to 15 years, you know, travel and enjoy it while you can, while you've got the health, uh, and then a a lower amount thereafter. Um, So it was important then to make sure that we really understood, you know, how to invest those assets in terms of what risk profile uh, and making sure that we did so that provided him the longevity, you know, the comfortableness to enjoy uh, a, a, a safe retirement um, but also still allowing him to uh, spend as much as he wanted to in those early years of retirement. And really, to be able to de- derive that strategy really required an integrated approach between financial planning and tax uh, because there was a number of considerations, uh, land tax, uh, capital gains tax, uh, stamp duties, um, D- D- what they call DIV 7A loans, so intercompany loans, um, those sorts of considerations, but also at the same time, making sure that, you know, we still preserved enough assets and then how do we reinvest those assets as well? Um, so it's good we were able to, um, deliver that strategy while, while optimizing as much as possible those considerations. And I think putting someone in a position where they feel comfortable that they, for the next 10 years, they can, they can spend twice as much as they normally would just because they want to travel and enjoy life. Uh, And giving them the confidence to be able to do that, you know, I think there's quite a bit of value in that, whilst at the same time, you know, minimizing taxation, stamp duties, land tax, those sorts of things uh, makes good sense. And finally, the last example of a client uh, uh, really reminds us of probably the common complaint we get from clients is that, uh, you know, what they want from their accountant is proactive advice. Uh, and they don't often get uh, much in the way of proactive advice. Uh, so in this client circumstance, our accountants identified that the client had some direct shares in a non-trading company. Uh, and as a result of that, were missing out on the franking credits, the imputation credits that you get from dividends. Uh, and uh, a quick conversation with the financial planning team determined that, hey, probably the best uh, way to solve this problem would be to make an in-specie contribution of these shares from the company into their super fund. And by doing that, it um, wasn't going to give rise to any capital gains tax consequences because they had some carried forward losses. But the benefit was that we moved it into a zero tax environment, being their self-managed super fund, uh, and they were able to enjoy the benefit of their uh, imputation credits, so greatly increasing their income. Now the benefit here is the client didn't have to be involved in the conversation well, until the end until the advice was formulated and of course we presented it to the client. But the point is that if your uh, accountant and financial advisor are working in the same team, that that's just a conversation that they can have at any point in time. and They can develop the strategy and, um, and maximize the opportunity. Uh, and then really just present it to you. And our client just had to say, yes, let's do that. Uh, and they didn't have to lift a finger or do anything. So it's a good example, again, how you have a collaborative approach uh, that's holistic, you know, on the same team is going to deliver that value. So there you go. That's six examples. Um, that, uh, but, but really, in reality, we come across at least an example a day uh, where we're able to deliver value to our clients, which is incredibly rewarding. Uh, I guess there's a, a few points to leave, it, leave you with. Uh, the first one is working in the same office just isn't the same as uh, delivering a holistic solution. Uh, so it doesn't just happen. Uh, unfortunately, it really is too easy uh, to get focused on the work at hand without really seeing the big picture. Uh, delivering a um, holistic approach really requires a lot of c- collaboration and it's a lot of work. To be honest, a lot of reminder, a lot of systems, a lot of processes, you know, those things that needed to need to be really followed through. Uh, And so there is a lot of effort in order to do that. Uh, Now, it's easy to say that you do it and harder to actually deliver on it, Uh, which is not to say, you know, Pro Solutions the only firm that can do it or or does do it, but something to be mindful of just because, you know, we put a financial planner in the same office as an accountant doesn't necessarily mean you're going to enjoy those outcomes that I've spoken about today. Now also uh, sometimes uh, people mention look, I, I like the fact that I've got a, a different firm giving me a financial advice and a different firm uh, dealing with my accountant uh, accounting requirements. and, and the separation um, hopefully keeps each firm honest in that that if something goes wrong or, or then someone's not doing their job that it'll get picked up. Look, whilst the, that principle you know has merit, in reality, unless um, uh, one of those parties is doing something incredibly wrong, you know, um, so obviously wrong, uh, unless that happens, it's probably not going to get picked up. You know, it's it's not likely that a financial planner is going to really go through with a fine tooth comb a, a client's uh, taxation returns and, and vice versa. You know, the only thing that's really going to stand out if someone's doing something, you know, investing in highly speculative investments or doing something like that. So in reality, you know, if you're dealing with a a good quality accountant, a good quality financial advisor, having that separation really probably doesn't provide a lot in terms of value. Um, But the consequence of that is that you miss out on that holistic approach, that collaborative approach. You know, I started ProSolution 20 years ago. Over that time, I've only ever had one accountant pick up the phone and speak to me uh, because they wanted to make contact with their client's financial advisor. So that's only happened once. If it doesn't, it's hard enough to get it to happen in the same firm, let alone two external parties collaborating together. Doesn't happen. So that's that's the consequence associated with that, which is fine if that's what you want. If that gives you what well, gives you lots of comfort having that separation, but just recognise that that is the uh, potential cost associated with that. Okay, so just to wrap up, hopefully these stories give you a good indication of the power of a holistic approach, uh, and it's something that we hope to inspire our clients to uh, take on and implement. Uh, of course, the the complexity of your situation really determines, or will determine, mostly uh, whether a holistic approach or how valuable a holistic approach will be in your situation. So, look if you've got if you're an employee with very few investments. Um, and very simple circumstances, a holistic approach might not provide a lot of value. But if you're self-employed and you have a complex business income structure, for example, uh, then you're probably mad not to employ a holistic approach. So that would be the first comment. Obviously, consider your own complexity uh, and whether this uh, approach sort of suits suits you. Now, if you don't take a holistic approach and you're using different advisors then really you've got to understand that the responsibility to, one, identify all risks and opportunities, and two, determine what information is relevant to which advisors and when they need to be uh, informed, all rests on you. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the skill and experience to identify all risks and opportunities and identify what information is relevant and not relevant. Uh, So that can be problematic, and that's why I think you know, risks and opportunities fall between the gaps. But just recognize that there is value in doing that. And if your your team isn't taking a holistic approach, then the responsibility rests on you to execute on that fact. Okay, uh, that's it for me for this week. Uh, until next week, bye for now.